It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day, which I imagine a lot of you will do on this Monday. Today's uh, episode is brought to you by our friends at Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Let's jump right into it. Bo Nix, uh, it seemed like it took some time for him to, to make his decision, but he is entering the transfer portal. He released an Instagram video Sunday evening and uh, kind of an interesting, you know, just the optics of it all. It's a longer video as far as vertically, and it's just him in front of a, a black background. You could tell he was reading something. Um, expect a little bit more of, you know, Auburnness to it. He did sneak the creed in there, which I, I guess if uh, if that was something you predicted, you know, you, you can check that off of your Bo Nix's transferring announcement bingo card. But I mean, it, it's not a shock. But still, when I think about Bo Nix leaving, I'm a little blown away by it all. Um, but I think it makes sense for him. You know, how much better could he get under another year of an offensive coordinator? We'll talk about that in a moment. But just the 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 aspect of you know, he went 21-13 and 13 at Auburn, and I don't know, I, I would have almost felt a little weird if he had come back based solely on how he handled the whole thing. And this this is the second show we've recorded today. We recorded today's show originally speculating on Bo Nix, and then, of course, he dropped the news, and so we had to record it again. But the first, the first take of all of this, Lindsay and I speculated on the fact of, okay... Why is it taking him so long to do all of this? I was a little turned off on how he's handled this whole thing. And so now that he is leaving, it's like, okay, you give Auburn's coaching staff, you know, you, you give them a few days to pitch to transfer portals or to high school kids coming in. The quarterback situation, I mean, Holden Garner is the guy in this class. I don't think you're going to take more than that. But I, I think you have to get on some of these quarterbacks that have entered the transfer portal. And so they're able to do that now. And we don't know. Bo could have told Harson and company several days ago. We don't know what all was going on behind the scenes. But it sounds like, according to uh, J.G. Tate uh, of Rivals, in the bunker posted, you know, Bo and his dad sat down with Brian Harson. They had a conversation about what they wanted. and It didn't go that way. And that's that. And he said, hey, we're going to intend on transferring. That may be true. Um, Hoke, Justin Hokeson of AuburnLive.com has been all over this whole thing. And he's kind of said the whole time, he's like, I'm expecting Bo Nix to transfer. And, you know, every time that Bo said, hey, uh, everything's still on the table, um, I, I guess he was looking at all of his options. And so he is leaving. He will not be Auburn's quarterback next year. And look, Bo's going to be a pretty attractive option for a lot of schools that feel like they're a quarterback away. I think with a proper offensive line and, you know, reliable wide receivers, 
I think Bo Nix could be really, really good. But you can't blame the guy for leaving. Auburn's situation right now, especially if he had knowledge that Tank Bixby was leaning towards leaving, is you're probably replacing four out of the five offensive linemen. Your receivers are questionable. And now, now you have questions with your running back room as well. Jarquez Hunter is serviceable, and I think he could be a solid SEC back. You know, he was on the SEC freshman team, rightfully so. But you need more than that in the SEC, as we've learned over the past several years there. And so, Bo's going to be an attractive option for these guys. He's athletic, assuming everything heals well. It sounds like his rehab is doing well, which is great for him. But he's got two years of eligibility. I don't think he wants to use two of those. And one of his interviews, I think it was with, um, gosh, the, the the folks up in Birmingham, but talking about how his goal has always kind of been to go to the NFL, and perhaps he can do that now. I think that path may be easier if he can go and get some good tape behind a better offensive line. And, I mean, it's just another hole that Auburn is going to have to address. It, it, it's going to be weird seeing Bo Nix in a different uniform in 2022. But still, he's going to have to learn a new offense. He's going to have to get reacquainted. But you you have to know, I mean, the amount of thought that Bo Nix put into this thing, into this decision, you, you, you know it had to be tough for the kid. This guy loves Auburn. And he put out this interesting post after he graduated saying, you know, Auburn, thank you so much for making my dreams come true. And a lot of people were like, well, that's weird. You know, what's, what's, what's going on with that? And then, obviously, now it was kind of setting the stage for, for what was going to come. So, there you go. But, hey, props to Bo Nix. Uh, I mean, I, I guess a three-year starter in the SEC. Does he stay in the SEC? Justin Hokinson was saying that he's expecting Bo Nix to either transfer to UCF or Cincinnati. Those were two schools that were brought up. Obviously, his tie with Gus Malzahn. Don't fully understand why he'd want to go back into that system. I don't think that system really helped him during Auburn, but maybe when he's playing lesser competition, possibly it'll it'll help him. And then Cincinnati, they're a playoff team. They're playing championship football, and their quarterback is leaving. So I think that makes sense. But shortly after this announcement comes, uh, Justin Hokinson of AuburnLive.com reports that he does not expect Tank Bigsby to return. Tank was one of three players that did not report to the start of bowl practice for the Auburn Tigers. The other two were Zacoby McLean, which we already know he is announcing he's entering the draft, and Roger McCreary. No official announcement. There's been a few goodbye posts kind of thing, and you know he's in every mock draft that you read, but nothing official from Roger as of yet, or at least I haven't seen it, but still, we, we all expected Roger to leave and go be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. And so with that, no tank, and he's not expected to return to the Tigers per Justin Hokinson. Talk about a bombshell. Like, let's just drop everything on a Sunday night. I, I think it's crazy. I think it's absolutely crazy. But you, you look at this offense now. You don't have a quarterback. You have Jarquez Hunter. But, like, your number three guy, Sean Shivers, he's at Indiana now. And then you look at it, and it's like, okay, Damari Austin, is he going to be ready? Citizen's a hot shot running back that may sign with the Tigers on Wednesday. Maybe this helps Brian Harson get a guy like that, but man, it's just, you look at this roster and it already had so many holes. We talked about that several times over the past, uh, the past week or so with the transfer portal kind of heating up. It's like, man, Auburn has so many needs and 
I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't go transfer portal running back, but I think you got to go quarterback at this point. I just think when you look at this roster right now, I don't think you can just ride into 2022 hoping TJ Finley takes that next step. I just don't think you're there yet as a program unless unless you bring in the new offensive coordinator and the new offensive coordinator uh, just, you know, absolutely loves what TJ Finley's ability is, but I, I just don't think that's it for him. And so it's going to be a fun offseason. We're going to be able to see Auburn pursue a quarterback probably in the transfer portal as well as bring in Holden Garner, the true freshman. It's going to be a four-way battle probably for the starting quarterback job because I know a lot of Auburn fans want to see Demetrius Davis, and I think he's legitimately going to get a shot. And it's just going to be wild. It's going to be absolutely crazy. I've been telling you about prize picks. And if you haven't signed up for prize picks yet, what are you waiting for? In addition to the college football action, prize picks makes college basketball even more exciting. You see, uh, if you pull up prize picks and Jabari Smith's at like 18 and a half, pound the over, man. That guy's getting 20 a game moving forward. He's been absolutely money in the bank. But look, you can uh, you can pick two to five players on an over-under of their projections, and you can win up to 10 times your entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. It's so much fun. Go to prizepicks.com or their free app and deposit $100, up to $100. If you use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get a 100% instant deposit match on that $100. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your phone's app store and download it today. Picks is daily fantasy made easy. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So no Bo Nix, no Tank Bixby, and currently no offensive coordinator it seems that there is an announcement expected to be made official sometime today, sometime Monday. And if you're listening to this later on Monday or possibly even Tuesday, there's a really good chance that Auburn has already announced Austin Davis to be the next offensive coordinator for the Auburn Tigers. This will be Brian Harson's second offensive coordinator, of course, replacing Brian Har- uh, Mike Bobo um, when he fired him a few days after the Iron Bowl. And for those who don't know about Austin Davis, in fact, if you Google Austin Davis, uh, a baseball player comes up. And so you got to type in Austin Davis uh, Seahawks. But he he was an assistant quarterbacks coach for a year, three seasons ago. And then the past two seasons, this one being included, he, um, he was the quarterbacks coach for the Seahawks. So he coached Russell Wilson. So that's got to be appealing. The, the ability to go and sit down in a recruit's living room and say that you worked with Russell Wilson every day professionally at the highest level, that's got to be something that's appealing. Um, the skeptic in me, and I think this is going to be a fine hire, but the skeptic in me says, well, those were like the worst three years of Russell Wilson's career. I don't think it was just him. I think, obviously, the, the Seattle Seahawks, the way they've managed a roster around Russell Wilson has been absolutely terrible, and so that is not, that's not on Davis. So... Maybe, just in the back of my mind, I'm asking the question, okay, you're going out and getting a guy that doesn't have a whole lot of experience, but his experience is interacting with one of 
probably the second best dual threat quarterback alive right now behind Lamar Jackson. And Russell Wilson is a guy that's a little undersized, a very mobile, much like a guy like D. Davis. Is this something, is this Harson's way of kind of saying, hey, maybe he is the future for Auburn football and this offense, and he wants to get a guy's experience with that? It's probably more coincidental, but it's still a question that, that I want to ask and that I think is interesting to, to talk about. So there's that. Um, you know, Harson. It seems like he wants to, to call the plays, and so a lot of Auburn fans will like, go and get Del McGee, but I think a lot of these dudes that aren't currently calling plays that are in really good situations like McGee at Georgia, they're probably not going to leave unless they're able to call plays. Like, why would you leave? Why would you leave a good situation unless you can kind of get into a spot where you can better yourself professionally and kind of further your career as, a, as an offensive mind? So I get it. I get it. Um but this is a guy that can just come in and coach and specifically coach quarterbacks. And then Harson kind of becomes the pseudo leader of this offense and the personality that Brian Harson has, he wants to be the guy. And I think he can be the guy and he probably is the guy. So that's kind of the update with the offensive coordinator news as I record this at 11 o'clock on Sunday evening. But the interesting thing about all of this, because right now it does seem a little bit like the sky is falling and Auburn fans are going on, and like some of them are saying, you know, hey, there's nothing to be excited about with this program. And the other half is saying, hey, uh, you know, l- let's slow down for a second. It's it's December. We've got plenty of time. We've got plenty of time. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle right now. The biggest positive of all of this is, to me, Bo Nix symbolized the Gus Malzahn era. I mean, they were Malzahn risked his career on Bo Nix, and it failed. And this, to me, now it kind of seems like the start of the Brian Harson era is officially beginning. And you may say it begins Wednesday with early signing day, because this is going to be Brian Harson's first class. It's like, let's see what you can do, man. Let's see what you can do. There's been so many skeptics, both within the conference and outside of the conference, all throughout the country, to say, "Hey." You don't belong here. Now's the time. Now's the time to see if Brian Harson does belong in the SEC because he's about to have to make some really tough decisions when you look at the transfer portal and you look at who he needs to go out and pursue. These are going to be his guys. And right now, the only quarterback that has been his guy is TJ Finley. He went out and got TJ in the transfer portal and holding Gariner, who will be an Auburn Tiger on Wednesday. Uh, do, uh, based on my understanding. So, you know, D. Davis signed before Brian Harson was hired. He's just loyal to the Auburn Tigers. And so I think Harson's going to give him a shot. And I don't know, man. It's going to be a four-way battle, I think. Whoever the transfer portal quarterback is, D. Davis, T.J. Finley, of course, he's going to start the Birmingham Bowl, and then Holden Garner. It's going to be a fascinating, fascinating offseason. But... Harson gets to rebuild this team now. Harson gets to rebuild this team to where it's it's his dudes. And I think that's really what should excite Auburn fans if you believe in Brian Harson. If you're skeptical of Brian Harson and you say, hey, maybe he's not the guy, then maybe you should be worried because we're going to know really, really quick. The downside of all of this is the Auburn fan base. If Brian Harson goes six and six, I don't know how much time the Auburn fan base is going to give Brian Harson to cook this thing 
to, to kind of get this machine oiled up and, and ready to go. I think he's got to win now, and I think he wants to win now. But any Auburn fan that says Bo Nix leaving is a good thing and is going to hurt Auburn's chances in all of this, um, they're wrong. They're wrong. Just looking through some of the transfer quarterbacks in the you know the, that are in the portal right now, I think Bo Nix is better than most of them, the vast majority of them. And there's a few names in there, like Pinnix um, is an interesting one. And there's a handful of dudes. J.D. Head is interesting. That's just an interesting situation. But Bo Nix is better than these dudes. And so I don't know, unless you just got a dude that you're like, okay, he was totally used incorrectly and we can use him here in the right way at Auburn, props to him. But the bottom line of all of this and what should possibly concern you from a recruiting standpoint as we're just two days away from the early signing period is Bo Nix and Tank Bixby came into Auburn with every chance to be an extremely productive and successful player. And Auburn, bottom line, Auburn failed them. Now, is that Brian Harson's fault? I'm willing to give him a pass just because it was, you know, the season and injuries happened and they both inherited a really, really bad offensive line. But it's just not a good situation. It's not a good situation moving forward. But, all right, I, I mentioned that I recorded with Lindsey Crosby. Um, our final segment of the podcast, we talked about basketball, Bruce Pearl, uh, beating the NCAA. We're going to talk about that next right here on Locked on Auburn. First, let's talk a minute about kicking things up a notch for the big game, the grand stage, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location, the official uh, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package to the big game. Select your exact seats, and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with college stars turned NFL legends like Troy Aikman and Marcus Allen, plus accommodations at five-star LA hotels and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Today's show also brought to you by Built Bar. If you're having a hard time deciding what to uh, what to gift the health fanatic in your life, Built Bar is the way to go this holiday season. Also, they've got a ton of really fun, special, uh, limited flavors uh, at Built.com. That's their website. I ordered caramel macchiato late last week. I got it over the weekend, and it's delicious. It, it tastes like my favorite uh, caffeinated beverage. So all of these bars, very high in protein, very low in calories and sugar, and they're delicious. I love that they keep me full for a long period of time. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That is at built.com. Final few minutes, Lindsey Crosby. News came out from the NCAA this past Friday. It's kind of been looming for the past four years. And finally, it's like, oh, it wasn't as bad as we thought. So uh, in response to everything that's happened with with Person and Austin Wiley and Daniel Purifoy and all that, um, it's a fine. It's 
Bruce Pearl being suspended for two games, and he has already served half of that. The other will be against North Alabama uh, in Tuesday night's action. And then they're on probation for four seasons, and they uh, they lose two scholarships over those four years. What a, I mean, thank goodness it's over, because that is, we would have taken that a long time ago. 100% a win. This was the first time where cooperating with the NCAA worked out for a school. I mean, Auburn goes out there. Auburn self-imposes recruiting restrictions. Auburn self-imposes a postseason ban last year. You made the point on ATG on Saturday, but I that was pretty strategic timing on Bruce's part. I think he knew what he knew what that team was capable of. He knew that wouldn't be a deep playoff run. Uh, but one thousand five hundred and thirty-six days from when Chuck Person was charged by the FBI to when Auburn officially got the penalty. How many days? Uh, 1,536 days. Wow. Zepp Jasper was the only current Auburn player who was even in college when he was charged. Mm. Jabari Smith was 14 years old. So if there was any sort of postseason ban, anything like that that affected this current team, you were going to hear about it. You were going to hear Auburn fans, and rightfully so, because nobody on this team, this this was a situation where what person did hurt the team. It didn't provide it didn't help Auburn any. Auburn didn't gain anything from this. He was getting players to leave the school and go pro and sign with a specific agent. So I'm glad that it worked out for Auburn. I'm glad that they stall, you know, Auburn took it seriously. Auburn cooperated. Auburn self-imposed penalties. Uh, they saved the punishment. They even said that they they had grounds to impose a second year of a postseason ban, but they decided our self-imposed penalties were enough. I'm hoping they save that postseason ban and all that extra stuff for our friend Will Wade over at LSU. Yeah, I got a feeling they're not. I got a feeling they're going to let all this just slip away because the NCAA doesn't want to tick off any of the powers that be. They don't want to tick off any kind of SEC school that may have any kind of say within their conference. That's why, I mean, you saw Arizona get away from it when they – when DeAndre Ayton got paid a lot of money, they suspended him like a half or something crazy like that. Dumb. And so the NCAA is holding on to any kind of power that they have because they don't want a, a conference to leave them because they're getting all this money to essentially just organize the NCAA tournament and the championship events, and that's about it. They already lost football. So I, I, I just don't think, um, I don't think that it would be smart for them to do any of that, especially in this day and age of NIL and also the way the public perception has drastically shifted in favor of players getting paid. And so it's a different world. It is a different world of perception now than it was, what was it, 1,500 or whatever days ago. The perception of the average college sports fan, I I think, has shifted. I'm in that camp. Because originally when this happened, I was like, eh, but now all of a sudden, yeah, okay, yeah, it totally makes sense the way it currently is. So, uh, and I'm sure I'm not alone there. So I, I think this was a huge move. Um, for the NCAA, props to Bruce Pearl the way he handled it the last four years, and you know I, I think I think the opting out last year um, or the self ban last year was a bit strategic. I think Bruce Pearl kind of knew what he had. Does the team play a little bit harder if they know that there's something to play for? Probably, probably, probably so. Um, but still, you know the way they handled even the Sharif Cooper situation, which was totally bogus and, and all that. So props to Bruce Pearl. Props to him leading this program. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could have been so much worse. Like, it could have been, it could have ended this terrible, or it could have been terrible and ended this awesome thing that we've had for, for the past several years now. 
Yeah. Um, I'm glad that the NCAA kind of realized, you know, if we if we go too far with any of this, that antitrust exemption we have is gonna is gonna be in danger. And so while I'm sad that LSU is not gonna get a bigger penalty and some of these, these other schools, um, I'm glad that this team still has a chance to play for the postseason. Cause I and I've said this before, but I really I genuinely do feel like like athletically, this is one of the most talented Auburn basketball teams we've ever seen. Yeah. Uh and 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 thinking about the the final four team and what they did with the talent they had and just thinking about if you make comparisons to players and things like that, this team is so much deeper and the talent at the top is so much more elite. You know, the ceiling is higher on this team and the yep. floor is higher and the depth is deeper. And so if that team came, you know, got to the final four off of chemistry and and passion and effort imagine what this team with the chemistry and the passion and the effort combined with their natural innate talent can do. Mm-hmm. This is this team has a path to win the NCAA championship this season. And this ruling d- does not stop us from doing that. And for that, I'm grateful. Yep. Uh, we do lose two scholarships over the next four years. You hate it for the guys on the end of the roster who, you know, the walk-ons who would have got rewarded their last year with a, with a scholarship or something. You hate it for them, but you know, the end of the day, the NCAA said that's just another tool we have. They're willing to take to punish a, a, a kid um, who doesn't have a scholarship just to prove a point about something that happened 1,500 days ago. Right, right. All right, Lindsay, thanks for hanging out with us today to recap this busy weekend. The rest of the podcast this week will be to recap or preview and recap National Signing Day or, or the early signing period, rather. National Signing Day is still technically a few months away, but whatever. Whatever. Semantics. Lindsay, how can people find you, hear you, support you, all that good stuff? I am at Auburn Banger on all the socials in our Discord. You can listen to me 7 to 9, Monday through Friday on News Talk WANI, and you can check out our stuff at AUShirts.com. Awesome. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby, the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn, and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. See you tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.